Welcome to the second season of the podcast, Jesus Has Left the Building. We'll hear from people from Black Forest Community Church who have been engaging in creative, bold, and fluid, outside the box, I mean, outside the church building, ministries that have inspired us. Our topic of discussion is love. Love in action, revolutionary love, radical love. This is the Jesus Has Left the Building podcast, where ministers, people of faith, activists, and church leaders have left the building too, with Marta and Mandy. For six weeks, we will be reading together Love is the Way, Holding on to Hope in Troubling Times by Bishop Michael Curry, the U.S. Episcopal Bishop. This week features church members Cindy and J.J. Halsey and Sharon Grady, along with Marta and Mandy. Cindy and JJ live in Peyton, Colorado with their teenage son and occasional visits by their young adult daughter. Cindy has a gaggle of pets, a craft room where she sews and quilts, and is an unapologetic liberal. She loves doing the church financial books. JJ is a local firefighter now serving in administration. He thought he would never join a church until he was invited to join BFCC a year ago. Sharon Grady is a retired Air Force JAG living in Monument, Colorado with her dog, Maka. She, with her late husband, Cliff, found BFCC because they were looking for an ONA faith community. They both have stories of growing up and living as African Americans in this country, especially during the Civil Rights Movement. Using the first two chapters of Love is the Way as guide, we talk about agape love and what it means for us and for Bishop Curry. Our scripture text this morning comes from the Apostle Paul, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So if you want to go and run and get your Bible, you have a few minutes to do that. Or if you want to quickly look it up online, um, if that's easy for you. Um, but I encourage every everyone to read the whole text uh, this week. Um, but for now, we are going to focus on verse 12. So if you're the highlighting type or the taking note type, um, verse 12 is the one verse that we're gonna focus on. Most of us know this scripture text, most uh, famous for weddings and our beloveds. We know the way it goes. Love is patient and love is kind. It is a beautiful poem that I think brings most of us, washes us, over with um, God's love um, and gives us sort of a sense of peace and well-being. So here is verse 12, our focus or our anchor for this morning. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. Bishop Curry speaks to the entire poem in First Corinthians um, in his newest publication, which we have referenced, Love is the Way, Holding on to Hope in Troubling Times. Curry is the presiding bishop of the Episcopal Church of the United States. He says that Paul said those words not at a wedding or as giving a couple advice for their marriage, but Paul said those words in a letter to a community that had really forgotten their core values. 
the core values of Jesus. You have not actually seen each other, but now, Paul says, I call you to see each other face to face. God knows you, so learn to know each other. There is this idea that considers the practice of seeing the other. It is a practice that is called reflexive practice, not reflective, reflexive. It is a practice of seeing each other well. And in order to see the other person, it considers the need to see the self well as part of a movement back to better seeing of the other. So you ask yourself questions like, what am I like? How do I affect society? What is my part in the dysfunction? Or how does my seeing affect how I present myself? This action and practice of reflexive process is love. And this is how we find God's love how the mirror becomes clear and is not dim as the apostle Paul suggests. So this week, like most of our nation, Martin and I have really been pondering the events at the Capitol. Some have said that this was a demonstration of a particular group of people fighting for their passions, desires, and deep and abiding values. Some have said that this group has as much of a right to the First Amendment as anyone. Many others see the actions of Wednesday afternoon as yet another display of white supremacy, domination, and hate for those on the margins. Predominantly white men with American and Confederate flags stormed the Capitol steps, broke windows, and rampaged a federal building with very little resistance from Capitol Police. So Mandy and I went back to the book that Bishop Curry has written, Love is the Way. Curry talks about love being a verb, an action word. And as we look at the actions of the demonstrators who protested last week, it is clear to us at least that those actions did not come out of a place of love. Curry says, love is someone protesting against anything that harms the children of God. And then Curry tells stories of people he knew who positively contributed to the civil rights movement in the 1960s through protests and demonstrations that were actually fighting for people who needed to be fought for. The action this week was not a contribution towards equality and love for all. Curry also says that the best way to learn and see the other is in community. Love is learned and experienced most profoundly in community. It's also the hardest probably way to learn love. Paul demands that the community of Corneth see each other clearly. And in seeing the other, I mean really seeing them means that you are believing. I don't want to just 
hear the stories of the other, but I want to believe my black siblings who say they are scared of living in this country. I don't want to just hear, but believe the stories and experiences of those with brown and black skin. I believe that it hurts. I believe them. By the end of Paul's poem in 1 Corinthians 13, we are reminded of God's vision for community. This vision is not about knowing or doing things, but it's about knowing a person face-to-face -face and believing them and believing that living in community is a reflection of our first having been known and seen and believed by God. So now we want to open up to the community um, to hear your stories. Um, some of you are reading the book uh, because you picked it up when we made the announcement. Um, but we specifically asked Cindy and JJ and Sharon um, to talk about what- So when he talks about agape versus eros or philia, uh, other Greek terms for love, uh, it really gives or gave to me a more complete uh, a more holistic expression of love and particularly the outward looking love that he is embracing and I believe discussing throughout the book. Uh, I was also very taken with his discussion of community. And I was reminded, many of you know uh, that uh, my husband passed away in 2019. And uh, I remember my husband telling me over the course of our uh, 30 plus years of marriage, uh, the significance of the community in which he grew up, a very segregated community in a town in Alabama. And when I was reading Bishop Curry, I was thinking about my dear late Cliff and how the community, much in the same way as Bishop Curry's community, took care of him and his family after he lost his mother at a very early age. And the importance of community, not only to Cliff, but apparently to Bishop Curry. Um, and I, I have to say that at this point in my life, I wonder what my community is and where my community is. And those are things that I have to redefine perhaps for myself and seek out for myself in, in ways that are um, more satisfying for me as my life moves forward. So I'm sorry if I took too much time, but I'll oh, close no, not with at that. All. 
Okay. Thank you, Sharon. Yeah, the agape love um, kind of um, when he defines that, it just takes that idea of um, love sort of uh, so when we decided to talk about love, I was like, oh, that's, that's uh, sort of too passive and sugarcoating and all of that. But Bishop Curry seems to take that idea of love to a much deeper level than, um, than I am normally used to um, dealing with when it comes to love. So Cindy and JJ, what, what struck out for you with this book? Oh. The thing that has stuck with me for days since reading it was um, he talks about the opposite of love, not being hate, but being selfishness. He says, if love looks outward to the good of the other, then its opposite isn't hate. Its opposite is selfishness, a life completely centered on self. And that has really stuck with me. Um, he says, where selfishness excludes, love makes room for and includes. And he where, where selfishness hurts and harms, love helps and heals. And I, that really struck with me. And he goes a little farther down and he says, the way of love will show us the right thing to do every single time. And I think, I think if we use that as a measuring stick when we're making decisions, I think we can't really go wrong. A um, couple of other things he said later, chapter two, he talks about... Um, understanding that love never ends, it doesn't erase grief. And he talks about joy and grief existing together and that we lost a very dear friend last year too. And that that's always up at the top of my mind. So that really struck me too, that joy and grief coexist. And then at the very end um, of chapter two, he talks about, this kind of plays into what Sharon was saying. He talks about um, resting in God's hands, building a community love. He says it's more and just going to church and worship to journey to resting in God's hands is actually active. You have to be willing to ask for help. You have to be willing to receive it when it's offered. And he says it's a lot easier when you have a community. So those are the things that really struck with, with his writing. I, I'm really, I, I don't usually read books like this and um, I, I'm loving it. It's really, it's really pretty amazing. Is, is JJ too shy to say anything? He's here. He's here. He just doesn't like to be on camera. I um I need to go first next time because they're way too articulate <laughs> than I'm going to be. Um, so I in full disclosure, I I didn't complete all my homework. I I read the first chapter. I, I didn't get to the second. So um, that's okay. But, um um I sh first I guess my initial impression is I, I I like the message. I like what what the bishop is talking about, but I'm, I really am struggling with how easy it sounds to him to be able to, to, to give love and faith and compassion to the world. Um, my line of work, I've, I've seen really bad things that humans do to each other. And it's um, very hard for me to kind of fall in that faith of, yeah, just throw out the love and show love and be loving and everything will be, you know, great. So I just, that hasn't been my experience. So it struck me, um, and, and Cindy and I have talked about this over the years, um, the part that he said, love can be shown in different ways, such as acts, 
that really hits to me because that's the only way I can show my love um, towards fellow human beings is through acts. And he listed several civil rights stuff and um, I can't remember the other ones, but you know, just doing good, good for the community. And that's where I have to rest my uh, sanity on doing, on the stuff that I do for fellow human beings. And so um, I wish I had the ability to just have that unconditional blinding love for everyone. Um, but especially nowadays, this time, time frame that we're in, I struggle. I struggle every day to find the good in people um, because I, I've never seen, and again, I come from a different background than a lot of you. I, I just, I, I struggle to find the good in, in a lot of um the masses, if you will. I, this community, obviously, our community that we, we're part of, it's full of love. I see that. But as a whole, uh, we're, it's just so dark right now. So it's, 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 I take solace in the fact that, you know, acts can also help everyone else and yourself um, get through this. Um, Cindy, I'm so glad you pulled out that. Um that um, thing from Bishop Curry, the way of love will show us the right thing to do every single time. And oh my gosh, it is so hard. I think the way of love, we think about it, Martise, the word sugarcoating, right? Um, we think about love as being this beautiful, wonderful thing. And it's gonna be so easy to just love everyone. And that is actually, the opposite, I think, of what this kind of love is. And we can look at those people who protested, rioted on Wednesday, um, and maybe we see that that was not a response held in love. And it's hard to find the good and it's hard to get past our disgust. And what we're asking you to do, what Bishop Curry is asking you to do, what Jesus Christ is asking us all to do is to respond in love to all of it. And that is hard and we will fail over and over and over again. And that's to be expected. We know that that is the case, but this work calls us to a higher space. Um, so thank you, Cindy, for pulling that particular um, piece out. Uh, Sharon, you talked about Bishop Curry's mom died um, very early in his life. I think she went into a coma when he was about 10 years old um, and stayed in that coma for about four years and died when he was um, 14. Um, and he talks a little bit about the moment of um, her, her burial. And it was a, a cold, crushing cold day in Buffalo, New York. Um, and he is reminded of the words from the spiritual weight in the water the, the verse that goes, <clears throat> Jordan's river is chilly and cold. It chills the body, 
but not my soul. We are in a cold, cold moment in our nation, but we have to remember that while our bodies are cold, we are held in the loving hands of our God and our community, even in this moment. We're gonna to sing together one more time and we will sing this song, Wade in the Water. Wade in the water, children. Wade in the water. God's gonna trouble the water. Wade in the water. Wade in the water, children. Wade in the water. God's gonna trouble the water. Jordan's water is chilly and cold. God's gonna trouble the water. It chills the body, but not the soul. God's gonna trouble the water. I said, wait in the water. the end of um, Bishop Curry's book, um, there is a love in action daily planner. And the planner is based on the Benedictine monks and their practice of daily work. The idea is to grow closer to God who is love. So each week um, during this particular series, we are going to share a category for action. And this week we send you off with the action of engaging your body. So you're gonna start with yourself. So we invite you to put yourself this week in the best physical and mental state to live out the life you want. And so I want you to think about how you might commit to daily movement, to schedule your annual doctor's appointment, to take off days when you need downtime or to see your therapist. So my friends, go now in peace. Join us next time as we hear from Art Navalta and John and Emily Osborne on chapters three and four, making do and making new and what Desmond Tutu and Dolly Parton have in common. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Find us on Facebook at Black Forest Community Church, United Church of Christ. And message us to learn how you can be a part of this effort to tell stories, have conversations, build relationships, and follow Jesus out of the church and into the world. To support our work, search for Black Forest Community Church on Venmo to make a one-time donation or a regular commitment with as little as $1 a month. 
you'll get regular communications and updates about our stories. Thank you to all those people that support and listen. We could not do this without you.